0: hi this is donna otto and we are modern homemakers if this is your first time in joining us welcome 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 we're so glad to have you we're um, always about the same thing. We want to encourage young women. That's, that's what we're about. And we try to do it with every show. I've asked my producer to check and find out. I think we're uh, right upon our 2,000th show. And I want to make a big deal of that. I don't know why. It just seems like a, a marking place, a stepping stone. And I look back and think, how did we get here? All because some of the young women on staff that many years ago said, you should podcast. And I said, all right, what is podcasting? And here we are. Now I'm a pioneer in podcasting. At my age, I'm pretty much a pioneer in everything, though. (laughs) We want to encourage you. And we try to keep our subjects uh, focused on who you are as a woman, a wife, a mother, and a homemaker. I must confess that we, we fall most often into helping you be the best woman you can be. And I'm not sorry for that in any way. Because I think as you mature, as you grow in your walk with God, as you grow in your life and you recognize the need to have someone to lean into like God, like the Trinity, then all of your relationships grow exponentially exponentially. I've had many women to say to me over the years, I'm having trouble here or here with my husband, with my kid, with my neighbors, with my mother. And I always go first, how is your relationship with Jesus? So today I want to talk to you about a subject that's been brewing, brewing and brewing. And in the next few days, I'm going to work around it. So here are the things that I'm going to talk about today technology, theology. I kind of want to leave it right there. And if you were all in an audience, I would say, all right, let's begin the conversation. Where would you like to begin it? But in that we don't have that format, I'm going to begin it with some comments about technology and theology and how they can live compatibly then I'm going to talk to you. Um, one of our listeners wrote and said, could you help me help us with some guidance or suggestions about how to get into the daily habit of being in God's Word, of study, and I would add prayer and reflection and quiet and silence before God. How do I get in the habit of that? <sighs> I I looked at it and I thought about it for a bit. And then I thought, you don't really get in the habit of that as much as you get in the habit of controlling your life, your schedule, your other things. I can still remember as a young woman um, making myself get up early, making myself read the Bible. I did. I made myself do that. I'm not sorry I made myself do it. But as I progressed in my love for God, I realized that nobody had to make me do that. I didn't have to set the timer. Uh, there isn't a day that goes by. And while I have a habit of when I like to do it and how I like to do it and what it includes, if for some reason, like one early morning that I was up at 4 a.m. and got started on these shows and all of a sudden I knew it was 9 o'clock and I had to get dressed to go out. Well, did, did that mean the end of the day I'm not going to? No actually, I can still remember what happened that day. At the end of dinner, I went back to my study and I sat down and I was just being quiet with the Lord. And my husband came into my study. My door was open and he came in. I didn't hear him come in. And he said he stood there for a long time. Now for a man, that could be about 30 seconds, you know. And and then he went, and I opened my eyes and there he was. And he said, is everything okay? And I said, I was just being quiet with the Lord. And then he looked at me like, oh, and I interrupted your being quiet with the Lord. And I thought to myself, well, whatever you interrupted, I was certainly being quiet. (laughs) So it's a hunger and a thirst after Christ that isn't dictated by the habit, but I think the habit helps. So I want to integrate all of that. I want to talk to you about Psalm 15, which I have lovingly called the Christian Constitution. I want to talk to you about the ingredients of that. I want to talk to you about character. What is your character? Where is your character? What are, what are the strengths of your character? And where are the deficiencies of your character? So, I have a lot to talk about in the next days, but I'm starting it here because um, I think that there are a lot of things heating up in our culture. Now, I say that, and as I prepared for today, I went back and looked at some scrolling on the computer and what was going on 20 years ago, 40 years ago, 60 years ago. Guess what? It was hot and fast and furious then, too. And each change, each cultural significant change from the agrarian culture through the industrial culture in the middle of this technological culture, things heat up, things heat up. And years ago, we um, heard a young man, and he was trying to give a young audience some idea about music. And he said, well, you have to consider the lyrics and the lifestyle. I always thought that was amazingly good. Now, what I'd really like to do is listen to healthy lyrics all the time by healthy lifestyles in the singers. Not very possible, if we're listening to anything pop culture. But I I think about those words, and I want to say to you, it's heating up. The content of American conversation is heating up, and who are the authors of the content of civilization, technological civilization 2021. You are. I am. What am I saying? What am I thinking? What am I contributing? How am I pushing back? Matthew 28, starting around 12 or 13, there's this brouhaha about what was going on when Christ was crucified and when he was resurrected. Remember what the priest had said? They wanted him to go, and they put, they put guards at the tomb because they were afraid the disciples were gonna come and steal him. And then, oh, guess what? They didn't roll the stone away, and the disciples didn't steal him, but he is not there. And now the, the community is up in arms, and so we have to make a new story. And so the leader says, well, here's the story we'll tell, and here's the money necessary for you to get everybody in line to tell the story. What does that sound like to you? Does it sound any different than the kinds of things that are being reported on television and news and newspapers and periodicals and online everywhere you go, everywhere you look? So what's your content? What's your content? What, who is the author of your content? content. Who's making up your lifestyle? So then I'd like to look at 2nd Corinthians chapter 3 verses 16 through 18 and it starts here. Now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is there is freedom and all of us with unveiled faces seeing the glory of the Lord as though reflected in a mirror are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another for this comes from the spirit of the lord and then go to second timothy chapter 2 second timothy chapter 2 verses 22 through 26 shun youthful passions and pursue righteousness faith love and peace along with those who call on the lord from a pure heart have nothing to do with This is my version. Stupid and senseless controversies, you know that they breed quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kindly to everyone. A teacher, a patient, correcting opponents with gentleness, God may perhaps grant that they will repent and come to know the truth, and that they may escape from the snare of the evil one having been held captive by him to do his will. So are you finding yourself in situations that you are saying stupid and senseless controversies and you know that they breed quarrels? I don't know about you, but I'm fairly certain that you, no matter where you live, whatever country in, you're watching some news, whether it's an international broadcast or a national broadcast, and and they are throwing out hot subjects and hot issues and interviewing two voices, and usually those voices are not quiet voices. We've talked here about what happened in the capital of our country in Washington, D.C., our country being America. We are called to have the mind of Christ. And how do you get the mind of Christ? Well, as my friend who wrote and asked about habits, readily says, you have good habits. You have good habits. What are your habits? What are your content habits? What happens to you interior, to your interior, when someone says, blah, 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 about your Candidate or your issue do you respond in a quarrelsome way, do you attack back? you are to say his disciples came by night and stole him away while he while we were asleep. That's what the centurions told the guards to do is that Is that a conspiracy theory? Is that a lie? Is that fake news is that what What do you want to call that? it was a lie, it was from the evil one. And I've been thinking about these words we use, no matter what church we belong to or if we don't belong to a church, whether we're centered in Christ or we're just trying to live good lives, we, we stay away from words like devil, evil, Satan. Those are strong words. But you know, Christ tells us that there is a power in the world. There is a power that has been unleashed in this world. And one day, according to the scripture, it will be contained by God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But it hasn't been. So when you say, oh, I don't know why that happens to me, or blah, 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 let me say why. Because there's a power of the world in our lives in our spaces, and it tricks us and confuses us. I was reading this—I um, don't know—devotional, I guess that's what you would call it—and it, it was talking about new parents and how grateful they were that an infant could be comforted by a pacifier, a paffy. Do you all have names for it? What was your name? A dummy. A dummy. A, a dummy. There, there's a good name for a pacifier. <laughs> dummy. That's kind of funny. I don't think we'll go there. (laughs) But you place that pacifier in a baby's mouth and the noise is quieted. It's a great word picture. Do you need a pacifier to place in your mouth so you will be quiet? Even though it's not the real thing, the pacifier, as its name implies, is designated to soothe and calm in similar fashion, so are the scriptures. They are designed for us to be able to refute deceitfulness of the sin of the world's power and pacify what is untrue so that we can speak truth. The leaders asked for the guard to be the guards to guard the tomb. <laughs> it didn't work because three days later he disappeared. So what they had to do is construct a new false report and pass it around, and they paid them off to do it. So what is your content? What are your lyrics? Where do you spend your most time? We were laughing about this the other day because my husband was talking about his first computer, which was 30 years ago now or longer than that, and yeah longer than that 40 years ago and he was so excited about that computer and he came home and he was talking about garbage in garbage out now that's where that word began don't put junk in your computer because what you put in your computer is going to come straight out do you know that to be true don't put a red towel in the white load because what's going to come out of the washing machine are pink clothes Where's your content coming from? What are you reading? What are you watching? What are you looking at? There's a a phrase running around the internet, the world, our culture, American culture. I'm sure it's technological culture. Uh, And that's called the cancel culture. The cancel culture and I've been watching it from afar a little bit, and I recognize the severity and how there are no uh, restraints on it. What is their content? Their content is to do whatever they want to do, whether it's in the moment or it's premeditated. They take words and place them on the technological tools that this culture has provided for amazing usefulness and destroy lives and reputations and economic sources. Uh, they destroy future job opportunities. Well, how does that get started? What's the content in someone's life? Did they wake up one morning and say, I'm keen to ruin your life and I'm going to do that? And I thought of a young man who my husband and I knew very well, who reached sort of the pinnacle of his career as a very young man, he had had an indiscreet activity in his 20s. He is, at this point when, when, when this was all revealed, he was in his early 60s. And this information came out and blasted everywhere. He had no voice. He couldn't say, I took care of that. I was forgiven for that. I Nothing. The content was out there. And in that case, which is often the case, there's a nugget of truth to the start, whatever starts to cancel someone's life. Whatever it called, cancel culture. I want to cancel you out. You know the one great need of every human being is that they belong. That we belong. And Christ says that we belong to him. You're going to hear a marvelous little story that I'm going to read to you uh, called The Children of the King by Max Lucado. They didn't belong, and then they belonged. This public rejection, this personal vindictiveness, this criticalness, I have been in a total of the presence of 18 young women who were describing to me how this happens and and what it does and how it affects a person's life. And I've been thinking about this. If you won't change your mind, then you will never change anything. You know who said that first? Winston Churchill. If you don't change your mind, then you will never change anything. Where is your mind? What is your mind uh, full of. And I say to you that this young woman who asks about new habits, and that's what she's looking for. She's looking to fill her mind with other things. And God's word is a great place to start that. In Philippians chapter 2, there's this section about how what it takes to imitate the humility of Christ. And he says, Um, starting in verse two, make my joy complete, be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and one mind. One mind with who? With God. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others more importantly than yourself. Now, Paul constantly repeats language like that. It's selflessness, not selfishness. I only previewed a few of the cancel uh, culture events. Horrific, horrific. Just uh, truth spoken about a nugget of truth sometimes, about no nugget of truth at all. And what do you do? million followers, you've just sent that out. You go back to a million people and say, no, I didn't really mean that, what I really meant. But what's your content? What's your lyric? What's your lifestyle? The virtual world is an artificial world, and it can bring very great pleasure, but it's very temporary pleasure. If I had one penny, one penny for every young woman who's come through my life in the last year's, Since Facebook began and Instagram and the rest of the social media saying, I'm hooked. I have laundry to do, and I'm in front of the screen. I'm tired and exhausted, and I want to go to bed, but I'm in front of the screen. I'm behind. I send my children off, but I'm in front of the screen. Technology is is I am never, never once said, oh, we should not have technology. Of course we should. Think of what is done. Think of us right here, right now, listening from Arizona to all the way around the world because of the technology. But how do we use it? And that's up to us personally. So I want to just give you a few things about God's voice versus the power of the world's voice. God's voice stills you, the power of the world rushes you, God's voice leads you, the power of the world pushes you, God's voice reassures you, the power of the world discourages you, God's voice comforts you, the power of the world worries you worries you. There won't be enough. There'll never be enough. It worries you. God's voice calms you. The power of the world makes you obsess. More, 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 more. How do you feed the dinosaur? God's voice convicts us, convicts us in a way that's deep in our heart, that reminds us of what we can do in him. And Satan's voice condemns us when I was a very young woman of faith, I said, how do I know there are so many voices? And I remember thinking about that in the last 20 or 30 years, many times. Well, I thought, I was 19 or 20 years old, and I thought, there are so many voices. Think of what the, what the voices were. 20 years ago, 40 years ago, 50 years ago, and the voices there are today, how many more voices. And I said, how do I know which is God's voice and which is not God's voice? And a a lovely, lovely old woman said, they're both A words. Always think about, they're both A words. And the Savior is always affirming you. Always affirming you. And the enemy is always attacking you. And think about that. When do you feel bad about yourself? When do you say, I haven't done enough? When do you say, I'll never get thin again? When do you say, I wish I had more biblical habits? That God's voice isn't that voice. God's voice is saying, come, 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 come. I made a little list of words and um, I'm going to talk to you about words in a couple of days. Words, 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 words. Little Miss Doolittle in My Fair Lady, she sings that song, Words, Words, Words. I'm so sick of words because they've been pounding her head with words and saying them properly. Words, words are the content that we use. If you think about what the culture says and what the church says and what you say, you're irritated, you're unsettled you're divided. You're peaceful. You're scared. You're crazy. You're frustrated. You're fearful. It's chaotic. What are the words that God puts in our lives to bring peace to us, to bring peace to us? Now, there are a lot of very practical applications to the technological revolution starting at the right time of the day, ending at the right time of the day, not turning in on an hour before you go to bed, not having your phone by your bedside. Um, I have a young friend who's in the care, elderly care home business, and I never thought for a moment that she and her husband keep that phone on all night because in an emergency they need to find her. And I was up very early one morning and sent a text I woke her up at 5 o'clock in the morning because I was just thinking the text was she'll get it when she sees it when she gets up. Well, she got up all right and she did see it, but I woke her up. And I thought, it, it caused me to think, oh, just because I think that they're not going to, don't do it. Put some parameters around your own when you send something and when you open it. I have taken one day a week with no connection to any technology for a long time now, years couple of decades, actually. You know, I'm always surprised. When that day is over and the next morning comes and I open it up, nobody died without my presence that day. So be careful how you do it. Limit what you use. One of the (coughs) media specialists says that we should limit our apps by deleting the ones we don't actually use because those apps bring dings and invitations and noise to our lives. Comment and reply nicely instead of passively. Take time to make a comment that will involve you with the person you're commenting to, because you want to do that instead of randomly throwing something out. Turn off certain notifications on your phone. Remember to turn them back on. But stop the 24 7 anxiety-provoking voices who bring content into your life by politicians and celebrities and people who think differently than you do and are using words that bring angst to, to your life. And more than that, don't use words that bring angst to other people's lives. Christ very clearly tells us that when we are distressed, we are to come to him when we are distressed. If you're turning on the news and expecting to have a nice, calm reporter give you the facts and the truth, then you're, very, you're going to be very disappointed. So where are you getting your content, and what content are you giving out? Remember, lyrics and lifestyle matter. In this technological revolution, Be sure that you're not one of those people who's trying to cancel someone's life, to demean someone's life. The scripture tells us that we are to love our neighbors and love and pray for those who despitefully use and persecute us. That doesn't include canceling their life. I'm Donna Otto, and this is Modern Homemakers. Thank you so much for being with us today. Remember, the common beacon and the uncommon finish. Go out and make it a very uncommon day of using your best content ever.